to JDI Connect. These are our kids, a podcast for JDI Connect. We're back with another fabulous episode with another fabulous guest that I'm going to let the fabulous Shavante introduce for us. But first I say, hello, Shavante, how you doing? I'm doing good, Beth. I'm happy to be back with another episode of These Are Our Kids. How are you? You actually sound more excited today than I've heard you sound in the previous episodes. How about I, that? You know, we're not going to, we're not going to put that rumor out there, but I am really excited about our guest today because she's a JDI connector. She is a JDI coordinator in Florida, and I've had the pleasure of being able to work with her through the connectors and just getting to know about the amazing person she is. And so I'm just really excited that she has agreed to be a guest on our episode today. Enough with the anticipation, introduce her. Okay, okay. So our guest today is Natalie Steiner. She is in the sunny, sunshine state of Florida. So Natalie, welcome. We're so happy to have you here with us today. Hey, Natalie. Hi, Shimante. Hi, Beth. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Could you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am, I'm the JDAI coordinator for Hillsborough County, which is where Tampa is in Florida. My background is all criminology and criminal justice. And I totally fell into the rabbit hole of juvenile justice by chance, but that's really where I've found my passion. And I'm just really excited that I got the opportunity to um, to do some reform work around something that I've become so passionate about. That's fantastic. And we're going to stay on this and we're not going to be talking about no Super Bowl champs. All right. We're going to just stay. Go Bucks. No, no. I, I, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Well, Natalie, we are thrilled to have you here with us today. Thanks so much. Despite the fact that you're in Tampa Bay, but we're not going to get distracted again. <laughs> So listen, 2020, right? We, we decided in this season of the podcast that we were going to ask our guests these questions, right? So the first one that we throw out to everybody is 22 was a rough one. 2020, the year was a rough one, right? For a variety of reasons, a pandemic, racial injustice coming to the forefront, uh, an election that there are no descriptors for, right? You know, so in adversity though, there can be lessons. So did you get any lessons, learn anything from 2020? I think um, for me, my biggest takeaway from the entire year, which I'm disappointed to say I hadn't learned before then was just a big lesson in gratitude and not taking life's simple pleasures for granted and not even realizing that something as simple as talking to your coworkers or having a coffee in a coffee shop is life simple pleasures. So I really got to appreciate all those little things that I, I never looked at that way before. You know, you're, you're, it's so true what you're saying, right? Like going to a restaurant, like, how's that a privilege, right? Like what, that's, a, that's a, you just do that. But all of a sudden it's like, man, I'd like to go to a restaurant these days. So the lesson of gratitude, that's a huge lesson. And if, if that's something that we could take from 2020, man, and remember, right? Because the pandemic will go away, right? But to remember that lesson as we move forward of that gratitude. I love that, Natalie. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I agree too. I think 
you know, I think I had a similar realization of like, wow, why didn't I, you know, recognize how precious like certain small things were before they were, but, but there are norms. Right. And so then when we don't have the ability to do them, like you said, something as simple as having those water cooler conversations with coworkers and realizing like, wow, that's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of somebody in person versus, you know, virtual and at PJI, we work, we work virtually, but I miss those times where we travel and I get to meet up with Beth and, and have those, those lunches. Yeah. I was going to say, that's exactly what Siobhan was trying to say. That 2020 is. taught her that she misses hanging out with me. Absolutely. There Absolutely. We go. I took it for granted. I took it for granted. <laughs> well, you know, those lessons that we learn, um, you know, they, they teach us things, right. But they also help us like look towards the future and how can we, how can we apply those, those lessons or, or new, you know, revelations to, to our work or ourselves or our lives going forward. So I'm just wondering, you know, as you think about gratitude and even other lessons that you, you learned in 2020, what has that shaped what you're hopeful for in 2021? Has that made you think, this is what I want to see happen in 2021? I know, you know, 2021 as, as we're entering the beginning of this year, hasn't, you know, it's, it's had a few hiccups from the, from the beginning. You know, we, I think some, somewhere in our minds, we might've thought like, right when January 1st, we are going to have like this automatic reset and like the sun was going to come out and the butterflies are going to fly. And we'd all be like holding hands in the streets. And, you know, we had a few things that right out the gate, we're like, oh, okay, we're continuing this theme. So I'm just wondering, you know, <laughs> taking what you learned in 2020 and and looking at all things considered, what are you hopeful for for 2021? I think something that I kind of goes along with that vein of gratitude is um, the idea of a new normal, because we were all so used to this status quo. And I mean, I know we've heard it time and time again, especially as JDAI coordinators. This is just how things have always been. This is just how we do things. And every single person in 2020 had to take a look and reevaluate the way they were conducting business, the way they were having meetings, their policies, everything. So I'm hoping that that kind of innovation and that mindset of this is just how things have always been is going to leave. And we're going to come into this, this new normal, which is a normal of innovation and not just being okay with being okay. We want more than that. And I think we all deserve more than that. And even as a JDAI coordinator, I wasn't always, um, I wasn't always pushing for that um, until 20, 2020 just kicked us all in the pants. So, yeah. And I think we've, we've heard a lot of that, you know, in our conversations and just even the conversations that we're seeing on JDI Connect where, you know, for so many years, we've done things this way, right? This is why we do it this way. It's what we've done. It works or we can't do it like that, right? People can't work from home in these particular fields or we can't just let kids out of detention without some, you know, justified air quotes reason. And I think 2020 showed us, like you said, innovation is possible. Thinking differently about how we do business is possible. And we saw you know, industries that never worked from home work from home. We saw the ability to let kids and even adults out of uh, facilities at rapid pace happen in 2020. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a very good point of just hoping that we can um, crystallize these innovations and not just have them be kind of a one-off response to the pandemic. Yeah, the new normal being better practices. Wouldn't that be something? 
if the new normal was actually better practices that improved the life of kids. What do you think, Natalie? You like that? And you know, if it if it didn't take a pandemic for it to happen, that would be great. If we could just keep it keep it rolling forward with the momentum that we've got. Yeah, let's get rid of the pandemic, but keep the better practices, right? That makes sense to me. Well, Natalie, as we kind of talked about before 2020, one of the things was um, you know, more incidents of murders of black people, right? Um, Ahmaud Arbery, and you hate to start saying names because you're gonna leave a name out, but you wanna remember names, right? George Floyd, you know, Breonna Taylor. I just, I pause when I say that because I certainly wanna remember their names, but there's so many more that we don't even know, right? So, but it, 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 it brought up the conversation and of race, and I want to say brought up, we should have always been having this conversation, right? We know that the the, the black and brown youth in our systems, it's, it's disproportionate to, to, to the numbers in the general population, right? So we, at least some of us, right, have been talking about race now, more so than we were. PGI, where Shabbat and I work, you know, we're on this race equity journey, and we kind of lead with there is no I'm going to mess this up, Shavanti, so help me out there. There is no racial pretrial justice without racial justice. There you go. You got it. There is okay. no pretrial justice without racial justice. I was practicing that. So, <laughs> so how do we, how do we, Natalie, get to a place where we're doing better, right? That, 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 that we're not just talking about equity and anti-racism, but we are anti-racist. And, and have a more equitable plane, not a more equitable, but an equitable, right? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's a simple one. Oh yeah, it's super easy. Nothing, nothing big to tackle there. So um, I think that any, any changes obviously that you do with race equity and race reform efforts, it can't be an afterthought as you guys are saying. It can't be something that we think goes with a generalized reform effort. It is its own effort with its own intention. So taking that, as we call it in Florida, the passion to action, the first thing is having the right stakeholders at the table. So the people that are educated on the issues and motivated to make a change, but the right people also means the people that see the value in the work and understand that it doesn't just involve one person or just one agency because it's actually something that's impacting us all personally and professionally. But I think um, another major piece in taking race equity work to action is making sure that you're choosing the right thing to tackle because it's not always going to be the thing that's the most obvious or the biggest mountain to climb. You want to go for those things that are easily evaluated, accomplished, and measured by the people you're working with. Um, because when you start with those smaller measurable accomplishments, you can build that momentum towards the bigger changes. So it's, it's not always as easy as climbing the whole mountain. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, I, I think what, you know, I, I really like your part about the I like your whole answer, I don't mean that, but I wanna lift up, right? The intentionality, right? And the um, tackling it strategically. I think that's kind of what I heard too with the, the piece by piece, right? 
and maybe then that, and then having the right players at the table, right? This is not just our black colleagues fight to have, right? I mean, white people need to show up in that conversation, right? And I think sometimes, sometimes we don't always do that. Sometimes we like shy away from it. And what I hear you say, right, is that strategy of having those right people at the table is really important to move in this work. Yeah. And, and on that same vein of, of recognizing, like you said, having the right people also is about recognizing like who is passionate about the work, who has the experience, the expertise to help, you know, move the work along. I think um, there are folks who are really knowledgeable and educated around how to create equity and being able to combine system folks and maybe non-traditional folks who may not have been the people that you would have originally brought to the table, but recognizing, you know, that value that um, diverse voices and diverse stakeholders bring, I think um, that's important. And, and like Beth said, that, that part about taking those small victories, you know, I think sometimes when we think about something like race equity and, and making this, this world and, you know, our system a more equitable place, it's such a daunting task, right? Like, like we joked about, oh, yeah, such a simple, it's such a daunting topic and I think sometimes we have this idea like we got to attack it all at once we got to like slay the dragon you know but those like you said those small um successes really do build the full puzzle right each puzzle piece matters in the puzzle and so really looking at the value of hey that small piece actually got us a step closer to being able to get to that bigger picture I think that's such a powerful um tool and I think one that we really need to like lift up more and be like, it's okay to have small victories because all those small victories combined, they make the larger victory. So um, yeah, that was really, that resonated with me. And I think I'm going to really try to keep that in mind um, when approaching it because we can get bogged down with like, we not, we're not seeing the change, right? We're not seeing the, the big final picture, but being able to evaluate those small victories is important. So yeah, yeah thanks. Shavante and I try to steal something from every one of the podcasts. We episodes. do. So thank you, Natalie, for keeping that. Cause you know where I'm going. Passion to action. I yeah. like that. I like that. So Florida thank- needs to coin that. Go ahead, Florida. Go ahead and put your your stamp on that. That's the yeah. trademark coming out. So yeah, I mean, that's it's really, it's really important to be thinking about all of these things because you know, we this work is um, this work with young people requires so many pieces that make up good advocates and good reformers and folks who are passionate and want to do this work. And one of the things we always like to talk about um, in doing this work is what what brought you here, right? We know that um, working in systems and working with young people and especially in, you know, the juvenile justice system, it can be, it can be exhausting. It can be tough to see kids struggling. It can be tough to see families and communities struggling and trying to figure out where you fit in and how you're going to affect change. And so we always wonder, you know, what is your why? What what is the reason that you do this work? What keeps you in this work? Um, what is that motivating factor? So I guess that's that's how we'll wrap it up with you, Natalie, is asking you, what is your why? Well, it's a, it's a big why, but um, I really believe that everyone is deserving of the same opportunities for greatness. And that's just not how it is in the world that we live in today. And a big part of that has to do with the inequity that's rampant in our society. And I'm passionate about criminal justice reform in general, just because that's a place where we observe the concentration of so many things, so many issues that are in our society. 
And the work that I'm doing now and the work that, um, you know, we're all doing is it's really fueled by that belief that there is good in all of us, but we're not all given the same opportunities to be successful. And those of us that are in the, in the privileged position of being able to give power to the powerless and give a voice to the voiceless, we need to serve them compassionately and we need to show them that we're willing to go the extra step for for them because it's it's their lives on the table right so that's really what fuels me every day is because i know i'm i know i'm giving it my all because i'm helping people i don't know Siobhan, if i'm floored i'm not letting natalie out of my sight yeah, you got you. I'm like, hey, hey, attention, Florida, attention, Florida. You know, I, I mean, it's it always makes me so happy when I hear these these whys because this work is so important. Like you said, these are people's lives, you know, on the line. And when you're in the work where people's lives and their liberty is at stake, you need folks who genuinely care about really creating, like you said, those opportunities and really using your privilege and your power in a way that really helps disenfranchised communities. And so just to hear you say that, Natalie, that's the type of stuff that just makes me feel like, yes, we have the right, we have the right, we have the right folks. Florida has the right, you know, right folks leading the charge because it's so easy to, even when you're passionate, get burnt out, right? But it that, that why, that, hey, I really recognize that I want to give a voice to the voiceless. I want to give power to the powerless. That's going to keep you going in the moments where this work is tough, you know? And, and if you don't have that, it's easy for you to bow out. And our young people really appreciate consistency. They really appreciate folks who are genuine and who really want to um, see them excel in their lives. And so I just really appreciate you sharing that passion, having that passion, um, con committing to this work because we see all too many times there's not there's not a lot of kids a lot of people that like kids that serve kids and so having someone that genuinely cares about kids and community yeah it's priceless having that passion to action is what i'd say i think i've heard that somewhere before natalie thank you so much for being part of our podcast today we're so talk about gratitude chavante and i have is it called do i sound younger if i say mad gratitude for um, your did that sound stupid no no that sounded not a great, that good? great okay shavante and i have mad gratitude for your willingness to be on our podcast today so thank you so much natalie we really thank do. you both for having me i really appreciate it yeah and thank you for the work that you do thank you for being a jdi connector and helping push you know these these reform efforts not only in your jurisdiction but throughout the country by being a part of our our online platform we're really just appreciative of all the work that you do we're all in this together guys we that's are right. we are jdi connect community that's another edition another episode of these are our kids a podcast for jdi connect thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on JDA Connect. Bye, everyone. Bye, Shavante. Bye, Natalie. Bye.